Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. We talk to converts from different backgrounds to the Catholic faith. We talk to architects, artists, people working in the film industry, the music industry. We talk to people involved in pro-life cause, and we talk to scholars and ordinary people who are doing God's work in the parishes and in the world in order to share with you the enthusiasm we have for the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Today, we're talking about screenwriting and movies, and uh, my guest later in the program is going to be Barbara Nicolosi. Barbara is working in Los Angeles as a scriptwriting teacher. She's worked on The Passion of the Christ and various other movies uh, in Hollywood, and she has a lot of firm ideas and a lot of expertise in the whole area of telling stories through this wonderful medium of the movies. Now, one of the things that Barbara's going to be talking about is what to do with religious people who come to Hollywood with a little bit of cash and some good ideas and a sincere heart to make a good Catholic or a good Christian movie. And she will express to us how difficult it really is to make a good film. And to be able to share some of that, I'd like to tell you a story that I've had from my own training as a scriptwriter in England when I was living there. I trained to write movies and learned a a bit about it myself. And uh, my scriptwriting teacher told the story of going to see the first Star Wars movie um, years ago when it first came out in in a big cinema in London. And he said that they sat and watched this beautiful uh, new movie. And right at the climax of the film, you might remember Luke Skywalker's flying his spaceship down through the canals of the Death Star. And he has to drop a bomb down a little hole so that it goes into the heart of the Death Star and blows it up. Now, we knew already that this movie was going to be the movie where the good guys were going to win. We didn't know how. And he explains that as he flew down through there to drop the bomb, the voice of his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, says, Use the Force, Luke. And the Force is the Force for good and the Force against evil in the world. And Luke wants to rely on his technology like like all boys do. And um, finally, he pushes away the autopilot and and relies on his inner intuition. He relies on the Force and drops a bomb down the channel and blows up the Death Star, and the good guys win. And my scriptwriting teacher said that at that point, everybody in the movie theater stood up and cheered. And then he makes the interesting point. They cheered not because the good guys were going to win, because they knew that already. They cheered because Luke went with the Force. He went with the spiritual dimension of life. And at that moment, he says, 3,000 people in that crowded movie theater actually made a decision. They said, I believe in good and evil. I believe in the battle between good and evil. I believe that there's a spiritual force in the world which is for the good. And furthermore, I want to be like Luke Skywalker. I want to go with the force and battle against evil in the world. Now, they didn't walk out of the cinema and say to their date, you know, at the climax of that movie, I made a significant moral decision in my life. (laughs) No. In fact, all of it happened at a much deeper level in their life. And this is the, the beauty of storytelling. This is the beauty of art, that we engage with beauty, with truth. We engage with reality at a very deep level of our existence, at a very deep, deep level of our consciousness through art, through movies, through stories, through architecture, through all kinds of beauty. We're going to be talking with Barbara Nicolosi about this in just a moment. She's working in Hollywood, working in L.A., in the whole area of movie making and writing scripts, and she has an awful lot to say about this topic. I'm Dwight Longenecker. You're listening to More Christianity, where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. I want to take a moment and remind our listeners about my blog, Standing on My Head. 
It's called Standing on My Head, in reference to a quote by G.K. Chesterton, that a scene is very often more clearly seen when it is seen upside down. The gospel turns everything upside down, and so I write about current events, church matters, things in the Church of England, things in the Catholic Church, things in the world generally, and try to stand them on their head so that we have a gospel perspective. So go to my blog, Standing on My Head, and read it every day, bookmark it, and come and visit me there. Have you read my book, Catholicism, Pure and Simple? My friend Joseph Pierce has said this book does for Catholicism what C.S. Lewis did for mere Christianity. What I've tried to do in Catholicism, Pure and Simple, is write an introduction to the Catholic faith, beginning with arguments for God and moving right through to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Church, the sacraments, and to write this in a way which is free of theological jargon and ecclesiastical jargon and footnotes and references to academic books so that anybody can pick it up and have a refresher in their Catholic faith and share the book also with others who need to realize the arguments for God and the arguments for the truth of the Catholic faith. So, if you'd like to learn more about Catholicism, pure and simple, you can look for it on my website, DwightLongenecker.com. Just go there, click through, and you can buy a hard copy, and also it's available as an e-book. And now, back to more Christianity. Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and this is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. One week we might be talking to a convert, the next week we're talking about movies or literature, art, culture, architecture. We might be talking to people involved in service and politics, uh, in the pro-life cause, or in medical ethics. We might be talking to a whole range of different people, talking about the paranormal, talking about devotions, sharing our enthusiasm for the Catholic faith, and sharing how it reaches into every aspect of life and brings the truth and beauty and goodness of God uh, into our world. Today I'm talking to Barbara Nicolosi. Barbara is the founder of Act One, an organization in Hollywood, which is a Christian organization to train aspiring scriptwriters, producers, and directors who are trying to get a toehold in the exciting world of Hollywood and making movies and television and in the mass media. Barbara also now works as the head of the screenwriting program at Azusa Pacific University, close to L.A. Barbara, welcome to More Christianity. Thanks for having me. Barbara, I'm really interested in your work. I see that you've worked with Mel Gibson on The Passion of the Christ. You've done some other work on Catholic movies. Tell us about uh, working on The Passion of the Christ. Well, you know, it really was just basically one day. Uh, they brought me in to uh, look at the rough cut of mm-hmm. the film back in June. Uh, the movie was released in February, right. the following February. But in June, they had a rough cut version, and uh, they brought me in with a couple other people and asked for notes. I gave them, uh, you know, mainly praise, but I gave them some considerable notes. And they actually went and, I understand from the line producer, Steve McAvity, they went and shot, based on my notes, another $460,000 of um, images to put in the film. So my main note was you needed something in the movie to explain who Jesus was before, you know, why they were killing him. And, right. um, and so he put in the Sermon on the Mount and a few of the cutaways after that session. And then I helped them kind of informally with promotion for the movie afterwards. Uh, I was kind of incensed that people were saying the movie was anti-Semitic and that it became a political mm-hmm. football and no one was really looking at it as a work of art. 
That's interesting. You know, your life and my life connects there in a, in a way. I was living in London at the time, and I'd been doing a fair bit of film review work for some of the papers over there. I had trained as a, as a script writer um, after I left the Anglican ministry. So I was one of the ones invited to also see a rough cut of The Passion of the Christ in London. Mel Gibson was there, and some of us had dinner with him afterwards and, and, and shared our views and so forth. And it was amazing to me how he really did want to have everyone's opinions and viewpoints. There we were, priests and theologians and writers from the Catholic world. And he also yeah, incorporated a couple of the ideas of, of myself and some friends in the final cut. So it was yeah. great, great yeah. to see that. And it's kind of nice to know that people actually listen from time to time yeah. and are willing to listen to an expert. So, Barbara, what's it like for a Christian in Hollywood? I always wonder what to say to that question. You know, what's it like to be a Christian in Major League Baseball? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a world and it's a profession. And then, yeah, you bring to it that you care about the audience, the good of the audience, and you want to make work that will help and not harm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think that there are Catholic doctors, you know, in the middle of hospitals having the same issues, you know, or lawyers or people in the business world. You know, it's just another place to be. And if you're a, a writer and storyteller, if you're a visual artist, uh, this is where you need to be. Right. What, what about this complaint? You know, sometimes you hear amongst conservative Christians, oh, Hollywood is all of the devil. They hate the church. They hate Christians. They're always trying to, to make movies that are horrible and immoral and violent and against the Christian faith. Is that true, or are we just dealing with people who want to tell a good story and make a pot of money? Yeah, Hollywood, I don't even know what that means. I guess it's like saying Wall Street. You know, I mean, is there really this one big thing, you know, where everybody's working together? You know, not really. But what I would say is that the professional industry, you know, there's definitely standards here, and there's definitely zeitgeists. And um, the Christians who have traditionally approached this world, or at least in the, since the sexual revolution, you know, have come very much on the defensive and usually kind of waving banners of you people are poisoning the world and the culture and we're here to, you know, throw something at you that will fix right. it. And, um, and it's generally a little fistful of cash and an idea that is completely uncommercial and undevelopable, you know. And so early on, I realized when I came to Hollywood, I, I came here thinking that Christianity was being persecuted. And then when I got here and saw the work that we were getting from Christians uh, in the production company that I worked in, I realized, you know, we were committing suicide, you uh-huh. know, that this, this was not a serious attempt to be part of this industry. So at that point, I really turned my sights towards mm-hmm. working with the next generation, trying to form up a, a new generation of, of uh, young people for the industry who would be just, just be who they are in this place, but also have the interest of being the voice at the table about doing good. Mm-hmm. When I was in England, I, I trained um, as a scriptwriter at the National Film and Television School and also with a guy called Bart Gavigan. I don't know if you've come across Bart, but he is uh, an experienced director, producer, and a very good screenwriter and a Catholic. And he tried to stress to us and say, look, Hollywood is not the enemy. He said, like you did, Hollywood is just this entity. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. It's mm-hmm. people. The really good directors and producers and and people who are making movies understand that movies are storytelling. They're always on the lookout for an excellent story. And he said to us, as Christians, we've got the best story, and we should therefore be the best storytellers. And then he tried to emphasize time and again with us that, that Catholic art, Christian art, should not just preach a message on the nose. The truth should be incarnated in the story. Are these some of the things you're trying to share with your students as well? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think that you're not going to see work that really reflects 
who we are as believers by accident. You know, mm-hmm. so in other words, um, I can write a nice little tale, but if I'm if I'm serious about um, putting in that little tale something that comes from my particular uniqueness as a as a Catholic, then I'm going to have to make that happen. I'm going to have to find a way to have my theme be layered deep in the um, story. And th- th- in other words, the, the meaning of the story comes down to some idea that defines us. You know, one of our presuppositions as, as Catholics or Christians. Now, that's not going to happen accidentally. There will be some things that will happen automatically just because as a Catholic I'm writing and who I am will be reflected in the writing. But when you're talking about doing something like what Flannery O'Connor was doing, mm-hmm. you know, she was trying to convict people that grace was out there. Right. So her stories really were about leading people to the conclusion that they have free will. So having said that, what happens with Christian work that too often today is what I call cheap grace, you right. know, thanks to Dietrich Bonhoeffer who mm-hmm. came up with that. But cheap grace is, you know, we're going to do this fast by just putting in some Bible quotes, you know, or we're going to have a very obvious cause and effect journey out of darkness into light that just always feels too superficial and weak, but we're going to do it quick and cheap. The thing is, in media, you really get what you pay for, and you pay for it, you know, not only in money, but in time and practice and talent and all of these things. And I find Christians are just in such a rush to get to the message that they don't have any patience for the journey of the art form. They don't have a whopping good tale that means something. They have a meaning without the whopping good tale, but that's what draws people in, is the story. Barbara, I have to share this anecdote with you that Bart Gavigan told us, which illustrates your point perfectly. He said he was invited to write a series of scripts for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I hope our listeners who are fond of Billy Graham won't consider this to be knocking or mocking them, but the sincere people who wanted Bart to write this movie flew him out to uh, Detroit or somewhere here in the United States and, and uh, you know, began talking. Did he have any good film ideas for them? And, and Bart was thinking, he's a creative person. He said, yeah, I've got lots of film ideas. And he's excited because these guys have obviously got deep pockets and they're ready to fund the making of a movie. So after their long meetings and dinner and and, uh, spending some time together, they say, now, Mr. Gavigan, we want you to understand that all of the movies we make always have 15 minutes of Dr. Graham preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so (laughs) he was supposed Mm -hmm. to create a story in which ended up at a Billy Graham rally. Yeah, they have a – Worldwide Pictures is famous for that. They have a two- to three-page list of things they want beyond the Billy Graham Right. Um, in preaching, they want, you know, these words have to be said by the main character, and they're written there. You know, so I don't know if they're still doing that. To tell you that, I really haven't seen any of their stuff lately, but mm-hmm. when I first came to Hollywood, they, that was very, you know, they were around, and, and there were several movies going around that were like that. And, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, kind of the most egregious realization of what we're talking about, is that the story exists as just a, an excuse right. to put out the message. Instead of being motivated, you know, an interesting thing I find too, Father, is that very often these projects coming from Christians are overtly dealing with things of faith and God and religion, uh-huh. but in their impact, they do not lead to any kind of a theological experience in the reader or the viewer. No. Uh, conversely, a lot of the stuff like, say, Tolkien's work or O'Connor or uh, Walker Percy or Graham Greene or Evelyn Waugh or any of these greats, they don't deal overtly with the things of God and religion. 
and yet they do lead to a theological experience. It's a funny kind of contradiction. Right, and so we're looking at a different experience between the explicitly religious experience and a deeper experience of art, whether it's a movie or a novel, a painting, a, a cathedral, stained glass, whatever it is. There is a different movement of the human heart towards beauty, a different movement of the human heart towards truth that is experienced in art, uh, and that I would contend, is is a religious experience. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of religious experience, but the mistake that a lot of these very overtly religious people are trying to do is they're trying to create an explicitly pious experience, I suppose mm-hmm. you could use that word. Yeah, and neglecting um, the human. You know, right. it's interesting because when you look at some of the great works, say cinematic works that the church recently pointed to, their list of 45 great movies, you know, movies like Diary of a Country Priest, you know, even though it does deal with a priest, say, that one, it's more about the human disconnect, the, the human and the divine reaching for each other and missing each other and, and the, the pain of that, etc. But um, it's really, it's not about the priest thing, you know, per se. It, you know? Exactly. So, um, one thing I would say is we definitely need the distinction of sacred art versus non-sacred art. So I can write a movie, like I've written the movie Mary Mother of Christ, which is, I would say, sacred movie, right? Uh-huh. The story, right from the Bible, the major themes are the interaction, you know, between God and man, etc. So that's sacred art. The Passion of the Christ is mm-hmm. also sacred art. Mm-hmm. But everything else I do as a writer is just a movie written by a Catholic. It's not a Catholic movie, sure. the way we're kind of pushing so much of this stuff on the on the Catholic audience out there, saying this is a movie made by us, for us, that's only intelligible to us, and it's about mm-hmm. our stuff. I, I'm just no interest in doing that at all. Um, now, even when we do sacred art, like Mary Mother of Christ, hopefully there's a whopping good tale in there about two teenagers and an awful king mm-hmm. uh, that's chasing them. You know, that's the whopping good tale, you know, at <laughs> the bottom of it, um, that would be accessible and intelligible and hopefully compelling to people whether they're Catholic or not, you know. No. So I think that there are, there are a good work of art, there are levels that are going to mean more to people depending on where they're coming from. Exactly. Now, you mentioned um, The Diary of a Country Priest mm-hmm. as a film about a priest, which mm-hmm. is a good story. I'm thinking of two particular American stories. Uh, do you remember mm-hmm. that Steve Martin film called The Leap of Faith? And there's a Robert Duvall film, which was called The Apostle. Yeah, The Apostle I'm familiar with. I don't know this, Steve, the, um, the other ones as well. well. I've, I've heard of it. But well, in it. The Leap of Faith, Steve Martin plays mm-hmm. basically a yeah. shyster traveling evangelist um, mm-hmm. who, who does healings by um, having people you know, planted in the audience and all this. He, and he's, making, he's in it for the money. And then surprisingly, the, the twist is, uh, and this is the spoiler, is that a crippled boy actually is healed. And th- this shyster evangelist has a change of heart. And there's a really human story, which is dealing with the topic of religion, like mm-hmm. Duval's uh, The Apostle, and yet it's really focusing on the human story. Those are both really great movies as far as I'm concerned and, and really deal with the religious themes and, and conversion even, but do, do so in a way, and yet they're not billed as Catholic or Christian movies. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very um, an interesting uh, thing that... People of faith have so little faith or interest in people. Just recently was giving notes on a production being written by some Catholics out of France, and I kept saying to them, but why do I care about this story? And mm-hmm. it was a biblical story. And they kept saying, because it's the Bible! <laughs> and, and I said, no, but why do I care? Why do I care? And, uh-huh. and then I said, what if I don't read the Bible? And they're like, well, this isn't your movie then. I said, yeah, but 
okay, even apart from the Bible, why should I, you know, as a person, what is this going to mean to me? What's it going to give to my journey? And they, did, they had no interest at all. In fact, they accused me of being irreverent and trying to be all Hollywood on them. And, yes. you know, I kept saying, them, well, Hollywood understands something that you guys don't. I was asking for some entertainment. Sure. Not entertainment as throwaway waste of time, but the thing that hooks people and compels them and, and makes, it, makes them interested. You know, this attaches to a larger issue, which might be called Christian amateurism. Somehow this idea that because you pray a lot and you're a good Christian, that makes you an expert in, in writing a film script, or for that matter, makes you an expert in designing a church or an expert in being a doctor or anything. It doesn't. And, and people still need to talk to you know individuals like yourself who are actually trained and experienced in, in this particular field. I see it more in this industry than I think it happens in any other I industry. Right. Because mm-hmm. movies and television are easy to consume, mm-hmm. people think they're easy to make. And everybody who has a typewriter or computer, I could write a movie. And the truth is that, it, that the story and the work is so seamless because Hollywood has gotten so good at it that you know, it makes it look easy, but it's really hard. Yes. Um, but I have um, been more insulted by religious people who think what I do is of no real consequence. There's no real science or craft to it. Like people all the time will come to us of you know, eight to $10 million and they wrote their own screenplay. And I keep saying to them, would you build your own building if you had eight to 10 million to spend? Would you just say, well, I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm going to design my own building. I'm going to get blueprints and make myself an architect and then be a contractor. And they always say, well, no, but that you have to know something to make a building. Well, if I, if it's any consolation to you, Barbara, I can tell you that the, um, the, the profession of serving the Lord as a priest is another one of those where both people think they know better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sure. And that must, that must uh, gall even more. So very I'm good. Ex- but yeah, that, that amateurism, we call it the Messiah complex out uh-huh. here, that because they want to do something good for God, that they don't have to do their homework. Oh, my goodness. I can remember, again, Mark Gavigan, my teacher in script writing, saying, look, this kind of writing is the hardest writing you're ever going to do. Mm-hmm. He said, because with a novel, you can explain what your main character is feeling because you, you can put that all on the page. Here, all you can put on the page is something like a line that he says, but he has to know and everybody has to know that this line is loaded with subtext and meaning, and furthermore, that the actor is going to communicate it with the lift of an eyebrow. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not what he says because the audience, that's the least motivational thing. It's what he does. So you have to come up with an action. You know, For example, right now, I'm working on a movie about some Carmelite nuns, and mm-hmm. I need a, an action at the end of the first act that the main character does that shows the audience that she doesn't believe anymore, that right. she's lost her faith. You know, so I have to ever do something, and that's so hard <laughs> to come up with what that thing is. You know? But movies are a visual medium. That means they have to be driven by choices. And he's saying the emotion and the mood of, of the whole mm-hmm. scene has, is woven in not just by what you write on the page, but by the weather conditions that the director um, decides to have and the music, mm-hmm. the score that's going to be mm-hmm. there, you know, sure. and the sound effects and all these other complicated factors, the lighting and the cinematography, all of this goes together. And it's a very, very complex and, and, and fascinating medium. Barbara, I'm I'm so delighted to talk with you today. I think I could talk about this for another hour or so with you, and I know I know you could too as well. We're coming to the end of our time. I want to remind our listeners, you've been listening to More Christianity, the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. My guest today uh, is Barbara Nicolosi, who's working in Los Angeles uh, in the film industry, a committed Catholic. She's there trying to train young Christians uh, to be able to work in the industry successfully. She's also the head of the screenwriting program at Azusa Pacific University. 
Barbara, I just want to ask you one other question about this. When a young person decides that they're going to head out for L.A., what's your advice? Stay at home or Mm. come with your talent and your enthusiasm? We need you. Well, it depends. Uh, They should try to do as much as they can do before they make the move here to find out if they really have talent and if they have the drive and the character necessary to make a career of it. You know, this is a self-starting entrepreneurial career. So you you have to be up for that, regardless of what aspect you're in. But you also, this is a talent-based career on a lot of levels. Not not necessarily producing an executive, but uh, if you're going to act, direct, write, shoot movies or or do any of the other legion of of things. So you have to find out where you fall. This is the top place for those people. So this is where the best of those things. So you could do local theater, you could do community or regional theater or movies, but you come to Hollywood, you know, you're playing in the most competitive um, place. Now, what I would say is get your act together and then get the best level of training you can afford or take loans out for. Mm -hmm. So if you're a writer, find one of the 10 programs that actually means something in Hollywood. Um, now, if you have a BA degree and you are a writer, check out the Act One program. That's why we created it. Mm-hmm. So it would be a bridge for young people uh, into the business. Um, I also have a company uh, called Catharsis. You can find that on the web at storycatharsis.com. And we help people who have a story to tell get it in shape for the Hollywood industry, get mm-hmm. it into treatment shape, get it into script shape, whatever they need. So there's also that for people. If you really love this world, the world of entertainment creation, you know, show business, storytelling, then why not reach for the highest level, be, be realistic. So we definitely need a lot of kids out here who have God in their hearts and in, in their lives and who care about the world absolutely need them here, but they better get their act together before they come into the business. Otherwise, they'll just be one more casualty. You know? So if these are the gifts that God has given you, then you need to pursue them at the highest level you possibly can. Barbara, it's been great talking to you. It sounds like you mix a, a soft heart of compassion with a hard head of re- realism in a town that really needs it. Uh, you've been listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. My guest today on More Christianity has been Barbara Nicolosi, screenwriter and director of the screenwriting program at Azusa Pacific University. Barbara, thank you and God bless you. Thank you very much, Father. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Thank you for listening to More Christianity. More Christianity is the book I've written to share the Catholic faith with evangelical Christians. And so we go through the different doctrines of the Catholic faith and explain them to evangelicals in a friendly way, not saying we're right, you're wrong, but affirming everything which is good about their sincere devotion to Jesus Christ, but summoning them to come further up and further in and to share in the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity is available to purchase from my website, DwightLongenecker.com. Have you read my book, Catholicism, Pure and Simple? What I've tried to do in Catholicism, Pure and Simple, is write an introduction to the Catholic faith, beginning with arguments for God and moving right through to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Church, the sacraments, so that anybody can pick it up and have a refresher in their Catholic faith and share the book also with others who need to realize the arguments for God and the arguments for the truth of the Catholic faith. So if you'd like to learn more about Catholicism, Pure and Simple, you can look for it on my website, DwightLongenecker.com. Just go there, click through, and you can buy a hard copy, and also it's available as an e-book.